Welcome to Break It Down, a ScanSource podcast brought to you by Cisco. On this podcast, we take complex tech topics and break them down for the non-tech listener with your hosts, Gabby, Ian, and Kyle. It is another edition of Break It Down, a ScanSource podcast brought to you by our friends at Cisco. Guys, how are we doing? Great. It's almost the weekend. Doing great. Ready for another riveting episode of Break It Down. Channeling my inner Kim Possible today. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. We're talking contact center. (laughs) Ian, were you a Kim Possible fan? I I, I have a little sister, so I've definitely seen my fair (laughs) share of Kim Possible episodes. Um, Great show. That's where, where I kind of thought today would begin is I think the idea of contact center is everyone thinks it's a call center, but there is definitely some differences there I think we'll get into. Yep. Because there are more ways than one that contact centers work with customers and interface with customers. But Kyle, let's turn it over to you like we always do. <laughs> you, you sound thrilled about it, just about as as thrilled as we normally are when our phone rings and it says spam risk on it, right? Listen, that was the greatest invention. I mean, we're going to get to that, but that is a lifesaver. Unfortunately, contact center has gotten a bad rap uh, recently because <laughs> imagine why? Yeah, because <laughs> of the uh, the regular the, the generic consumer experience with outbound call centers and and even inbound call centers uh, when you need help and you call in. So uh, yeah, you made a a, a real good differentiation um, there at the beginning that this isn't just a call center. This contact center defines a bunch of different methods by which uh, a business can be contacted by its consumer or or by its customer or vice versa if they want to contact their customers. And that includes the old phone stuff we've been talking about over the last couple episodes, outbound phone calling, inbound phone calling, but it's also text messaging. It's also uh, chat widgets or chat bots on websites. It's social media. Social media is an inbound and an outbound form of of marketing and communication these days. So that's all part of contact center. Email. Email is part of contact center too. So this is a, a concept that has evolved. You know, we always like to start where it, where did we, where did it start? What year did uh, the first contact center exist? I, it's that one's really hard to do with this episode, but late 1950s, early 1960s, uh, depending on what your definition of a, of a contact center or a call center was. Uh, and that's a, that's back when, telephony or telecommunications was evolving beyond the the ma bells and you started to have more and more phone devices in a building and being used for business so anyway the the modern versions of contact center are uh are on the back end of lots of spam phone calls that we get but they're also on the back end of a lot of the ways that businesses market to us and uh, engage with us as customers interesting so We have a lot of ways we can go, and I don't know where we want to go from here, but I guess let's talk about the evolution of them. So they they started, I would imagine they started as call centers when they first originated and have kind of evolved as technology has evolved and customer experience has evolved, which I feel like is a key term throughout this podcast. That's exactly right. To add in other facets and touch points with customers. 
Yep. So the first, yeah, the first versions of anything we would think of as a contact center were call centers. They were banks of phones. Actually, the original call centers were housewives and businesses would give housewives a list of people to call to try to sell something. And they would literally get a list of names and phone numbers. Sometimes it was rip a page out of the phone book and that's your call sheet for the day. But it was their job to pick up the phone and call and try to sell tires or sell whatever it was. And obviously, if you think about the logistics of such a thing, especially just from a workforce standpoint, how do you know who called whom and how do you give credit and how do you see whether or not the experience was a good experience, et cetera. That's the the evolution that technology has taken us down from a disjointed group of humans in their own homes making phone calls to the technology-driven solutions we have today where you've got a lot of software driving the experience. Uh, You have software making the phone calls. That's a key differentiation of what's changed now. Uh, I always call it the hello, hello syndrome, which I've I've referenced in previous podcasts. But if you answer a call from someone that you don't recognize and you say hello, and then there's a pause, and then you say hello again, and all of a sudden there's somebody there, that's a contact center. A contact center software has called you. It wasn't a human calling you. It was a piece of software that called. And when it recognized that you answered and said hello, it then connected an agent. So that's the pause. That's the hello, hello. There's a pause there as it actually connects a live human being on the other side. So, yeah, so yeah, so the phone part of contact center has evolved. Um, that's outbound calling. Inbound calling, we've, we've teed this up a little bit. I know Gabby's got her own stories. We talked about it a little bit in the telecommunications one, but calling into a business, there's a lot of technology that goes into play and in routing your call to the right person. And uh, your experience when calling into a business used to be, I call 1-800-SCAN-SOURCE and a live human being answers the phone and you say, hi, I'd like to speak to Gabby. And they go, hang on a second. And they transfer you. Well, that evolved to call 1-800-SCAN-SOURCE and an IVR answers, an interactive voice response. And you get a list of prompts and you press one, two, three, zero, whatever. That routes your call. Now we've evolved to voice recognition. So now you can say, operator or Ian Thompson and the call will transfer. And even beyond that, we have the emotion-based routing, which we teased the last time where there's a big difference between you saying, I'd like to speak to a human, please. And screaming into the phone, get me a human. There's now emotion-based routing that can take a call that's clearly full of emotion and route it to an agent that is specifically skilled in (laughs) talking you down from screaming at them. So the technology for the phone call part has evolved dramatically. I would like to say only scream at the voice recognition when I've asked for the same thing four times and it didn't hear me. So I'm not just starting off screaming. But maybe when they get me on the line, I sound probably really nice because I'm really not that angry. I was just angry at the voice recognition. (laughs) Yep. Frustrated with the technology. Yep. I am. I'll say this. The technology, and this is not surprising, the technology is getting a lot better to where I actually the other day couldn't tell if I was talking to a real person or uh, AI. Yep. I don't like that. (laughs) And you're, what, where you're really starting to see that is in some of those other elements of contact center like chat. So now if you go to any website, you can't linger on the website for longer than 
10 or 15 seconds before you get a little applet that pops up and says, hi, how can I help you today? And it's a chat widget. These days, almost none of those are staffed by humans. It's, uh, it's AI or it's a, well, it's a bot. So there's two different types of bot. There's a, there's a rules-based chat bot where it's just looking for keywords. And if you type the right keyword, then it spits back a preformed answer out of a knowledge base. And then at usually says something like, did that answer your question? I love when I say no, and they just resend the same menu. Yeah. And then I say, yeah. no, it did not answer the question. <laughs> I think I like the ones where it, they just tell you it's a bot and then I don't get upset. But when it, they try to impersonate a human and then you have a bad experience, it's just frustrating all around. That's a, that's a great point. That's, I mean, that goes back to Ian talking about customer experience earlier. You interact with the entity on the other end differently if you expect it to be a human than you do if you know it's a bot, if you know it's software or AI. So those things are evolving now to the point where you don't have as many rules-based bots. You have artificial intelligence bots that actually imitate a human. And I'm with you. I get more frustrated when I deal with them and I end up in a loop. <laughs> uh, and then I'm then I'm typing human in all caps, uh, a- angry typing. Do they pick up on angry typing if you type in I, all caps? I don't. I I think uh, that would be dangerous if you did because uh, it's sort of it's sort of commonplace now to just forget the shift key and punctuation. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, God. Have you not spent any time on social media, Gabby? Like the kids of today, they they don't use punctuation. I'm off the grid. I've told you. (laughs) I don't believe that for a second. All right. So we've kind of talked through the evolution and now we're getting to this idea of contact center as a service. So is that organization, and I'm going to talk through this for my own education, is that organizations outsourcing their contact center to another company, almost like you would do so outsourcing your infrastructure to the cloud? So let me start with one little nugget. So uh, we've talked about telecommunications in the past couple of podcasts. You have to have a telecommunications base if you're going to have a contact center. And for every $1 that you spend on telecommunication, you have to spend three on contact center. So it's a very expensive outtaking to get contact center right. So people make decisions on keeping it in-house or outsourcing it all the time. And if it's easier or cheaper to outsource, then people do. And that's what gives contact centers the bad rap is when you outsource to a company that's not your own, you don't control the brand, you don't really control the customer experience anymore because now this other third party is handling your customer engagements. It becomes very dangerous. Language is the number one thing that contact centers focus on and bilingual language support is the highest ranking skill for contact center agents now. So people have to make a decision on whether or not, not only to keep things domestic or, or offshore, even the difference for us, even the difference between U.S. and Canada is significant when you're talking about agents on the phone. So it's, uh, it's really, really important for people to get the customer experience part right And a lot of times the benefit in outsourcing is cost. So with lower cost comes typically lower quality. And so you you have to kind of balance the parts of your customer engagements that you're willing to outsource. We've seen, 
I mean, I've seen old stats from the early teens, 20 teens, where customer satisfaction dropped, you know, 30 points or 40 points when a contact center moved into a different country or outside of the walls of the company that they were uh, engaged with. And then over the, the late 2010s and into 2020, you started seeing people bring back in-house certain parts of their contact center because they were the, the high touch or the, the highly valuable customer engagement. And maybe the help desk wasn't, but the marketing sure was. So yeah, there, the as a service moniker we throw on everything can either mean how are we deploying the technology? Is it in the cloud versus on-prem? Uh, in this regard, it's more, how do you want to pay for it? Do you want to hire the staff to be responsible for benefits and all the three to one dollar ratio on your, your software or your technology investment? Or do you want to pay someone else to do it? And then they're responsible for hire, fire. They're responsible for benefits, et cetera. I think one more just real quick, good example on this topic is businesses that have seasonal sales. So businesses that focus on Christmas sales or they sell sunscreen or whatever it is, like they have peaks and valleys in their businesses that are seasonal, they're natural. That's very expensive to manage when you have full-time employees. So in that regard, outsourcing things to contact center companies or contact centers of service makes a lot of sense. This is maybe a dumb question, but what percentage like nowadays with remote workers, like I feel like when you used to think of a contact center, it was a bunch of people sitting in the same room. And then I think we've all had that experience where it's like the worst background noise in the world. You can't even hear the person. Yep. But like, do you, what percentage of people are like doing this out of their own home? Kind of coming full circle. Like you said, that's how it started in the first place. Yep. So that's the, um, I don't have a good stat to quote you, but I'll, I'll give you some anecdotal comments, which is the price of the technology. And the ease by which the technology can get deployed has driven people back to using home employees to, to give people the experience of, or I'm sorry, to give their employees an opportunity to work from home uh, as, a, um, as, as part of a contact center. So if you go back to your what you're envisioning, which is just the big rooms full of people with monitors and headsets, and they're just dialing for dollars and you get all this background noise. That was because the technology was centralized to some physical area. And and there's those things still exist. Those bullpens still exist. And you have people that walk the floor and they're there to help listen, monitor, coach, that kind of stuff as these calls are going on. But now that we can support a remote worker and we can put software on their desktop, that is their contact center software, we can give them a good headset, we can give them a good phone, we can give them good internet access. There's no reason to not have remote workers as part of your your contact center agents. So again, it all comes down to cost. But yeah, that's it's come a long way for sure. And what's cool is that companies like Cisco, like Cisco's integrated WebEx into their contact center solution, which you're taking, you know, a, a platform that's evolved significantly over the past year and now added that into a contact center solution. So you're kind of tying in that customer experience facet into single pane of glass and uh, I would say a lot of flexibility potentially for the contact center to leverage that. Yeah. And we didn't even talk about that earlier, but video communication is another element of contact center. So 
Gabby was telling us that her her recent engagement with her airline was over text, and that's fairly new to contact center world. So you can now engage with businesses through phone, through email, through their chat on their website, through text messages, and through video. And uh, having video-enabled contact center agents uh, is nowhere near as expensive as it used to be. It's easy to deploy that type of software. Now, I mean, we're we're doing it on, on a podcast. Like, there's almost no reason for us to see each other on a podcast. This is audio only, and yet the software we're using, we can actually see each other and read visual cues. So, the communication is so much better uh, with a video element. So, yeah, that the, the fact that we're now able to roll out agents with cameras, uh, again, remote workers too. Webex is a is a is a good the, the changes they've made or or the way they're going to market with Webex now is a great example of a contact center revolution. You're right, and there's all those different facets, obviously, with Webex that are kind of already integrated. So we you have video, you have text, obviously chat, email, calling. It's all kind of in that single pane of glass, single platform, which is. I assume where this is going, and this is kind of always where we like to end these, is kind of where this is going to continue to go. So if I, let, me, let me, maybe Gabby and I can place guesses, Kyle, and you can tell us how realistic <laughs> you think they are. Uh, where I see this going is obviously talking about some of the things we've talked about previously, leveraging artificial intelligence to the point where, and I already said I'm, I'm not going to like this, is that it's going to be almost indistinguishable between a person and AI that you're talking to, yep. whether it be on a phone, a chat, or anything like that. And maybe long-term, I don't know, I'm not putting a timeline on this. I'm not smart enough to put a timeline on this. <laughs> but I would say even artificial intelligence video chat to where you might be chatting to a, a fake person on video. Max Hedrum. Uh, But I think that's where this is going. I think you'll have a a contact center solution that's virtualized and smart enough to essentially reduce the headcount OPEX expense that's associated with it. That's right. So there's no no debating that the most expensive part of a contact center is the humans. So the more you can replace the human element to a contact center with AI – uh, the, the, the lower your cost goes. Now, whether or not, again, we keep talking about customer experience. Uh, if your customer experience suffers as a result, then you've gone too far. Correct. But that's, that's where the evolution is going to come in. The better the AI gets, the better text-to-speech becomes, which is essentially what the, the underlying, the old-school underlying technology that would result in you having a video engagement with, with artificial intelligence. That's I don't know. You said a long time. I, I don't think that's more than a year away. Okay. I, I would have oh. said if you pressed me, I would have said three to five years. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's out there now. You can have, uh, I mean, if you think about Ava, uh, Ava robotics, that's, there, there's a little bit of a, of an AI, uh, experience on the screen with the entity that you're engaged with. Now, we're not talking Wally with like just a couple of LED lights that blink on and off, but software rendering of human of uh, human faces and interactions and emotions. I mean, all that stuff's been around forever. So you just combine that with 
contact center software and a script, that's really easy. Gabby, you have a guess? I mean, I agree. I feel like when you were talking about how they try to like route you through AI, like the first thing that I thought of was Amazon. I don't know if you've ever tried to get Amazon like support, but it's really hard to get like to talk to even a chat or to call a human. Like you have to really dig for that Amazon number. And I feel like they'll constantly like, for example, I get my groceries from like, I'd be like the Whole Foods thing through Amazon and I just go like order them online and pick them up. And if there's ever not something in my bag, like I just click one button and they refund me versus, and I feel like, like theoretically you could be lying. I mean, I'm not lying, but you could be, but I think they just don't want to deal with having to talk to you. And they are so such a big company, they can afford it. And same with Amazon. I feel like too, like if you ever have a problem, like sometimes they're like, oh, just don't return it. And it's just very interesting. And I think they're just trying to route you away from having to talk to any contact center people. So. Yeah, that that's all cost. That's the cost model. Does that a ton? Wait, you yep. order something from Wayfair and you don't like it? Just keep go ahead and keep it. Yep. Yeah, or even Target. Like sometimes they'll just be like, "Nope, you keep it. No need to return." And I'm like, "Really? Are you sure? This feels wrong." <laughs> but yeah, there we've done we've done a lot of content uh, creation on the retail space just on returns because of the how expensive it is to take returns. So as a large business, the ones you're mentioning, they can afford to just say, nope, throw it in the trash. We'll give you a refund. One, because they know that that just created a positive experience for you. And you're going to be like, oh, well, then I'm going to buy everything else from you because I know you have this really relaxed returns policy. So yeah, it's all part of the game. And again, if you're able to do that and automate those returns without having to involve a human being to which order did you place? And yep, let me, I'll ship you a replacement. Oh my gosh, I got to pay for shipping again. Like <laughs> that's very expensive. So they'd rather just have you throw it in the trash, write off the cost of it and then sell you something else the next time around. Yep. I'm definitely, I'm like the queen of returning things. So, cause I'm so picky and I love to online shop. So all I do is return things. So yeah. I've definitely had experiences like that. Yep. I think we talked about that too, right? That's one of the new uh, commerce experiences is that we'll just ship you stuff and you try it. And if you don't like it, ship it back or yeah, we'll ship you stuff. You don't like wardrobe. it, trash it. Yep. That's right. That's crazy. All right. Well, I think this is a, a very interesting one because I do think it's going to be one of the, the most tangible advances in technology that the consumers will see in the next, you said year, you know, year, two years, three years. Yeah, where I think it, it integrates again, like a lot of these topics do. It integrates a lot of the things we've talked about with artificial intelligence, maybe a little bit of augmented reality, if my prophecy comes correct here. Yeah, but I think it'll be definitely something that improves, and I think again, people will start not understanding what's who's a real person and who might not be. That's right. I just have to share a funny story before we close. My mom was on the phone with it. A contact center she thought it was a robot and she just like screamed at them i want to talk to a human and then the woman went i am a human <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> and she was like i'm so sorry <laughs> but that's that's what i actually was meaning earlier when i said i can't tell the difference sometimes yeah. anymore is i was talking to a human yesterday on the phone and i had the same thing i didn't go that far but it took me I was probably a minute plus into the conversation before I realized, oh, this is a human and not like an automated response. Yeah. And I was like, huh, like your first few reactions had me fooled. 
Yeah. So it, it's. I think we're starting to assume as users that the the lines are already being blurred and and making that leap, which is interesting. Yep. Great story, Gabby. All right. Well, until next time, I feel smarter. Operator. <laughs> WebEx by Cisco is the leading enterprise solution for video conferencing, online meetings, screen share, and webinars. WebEx has one app for everything and everyone, with calling, meetings, messaging, and events in the cloud for teams of all sizes. WebEx is trusted by 85% of Fortune 500 companies and is adaptable for any work style, role, or device so you can choose when, where and how you work. Reach out to evolve at scansource.com for more information on WebEx.